This is the Bullpen Brothers. Hey, welcome to the Bullpen Brothers. It's a little late this week due to some technical issues. Uh, myself, Reeves Mitchell here. We don't have a guest this week. Back to I mentioned technical issues. Our man, Kel Davis, the starting pitcher for Oklahoma's game today. He joined me. It was a great interview. Unfortunately, the only people that heard it is myself and Kel Davis, Reeves. So that, that's kind of the way things are going right now. Oh, I can't wait to hear that interview. I'm sure it's a great one. Oh, uh, yeah. It'll be great. Maybe we'll do it a little closer to Bedlam. I mentioned that to him as I wrapped it up. So maybe we'll get him on again. Hey, hey, Reeves, let, let's kind of go over things. We'll start. Let's start with Oklahoma State. You know, just because we have a game and we'll spend a little more time with Oklahoma because I know you, you go to school down in Norman, so you're a little more familiar with that program. But opening weekend last week, really interesting week for Oklahoma State. The Cowboys come out. They get a victory on Friday against Missouri. You know, a hard-fought victory, but they get a victory, handle things. Then they come out and they get – they only lose by two, but to me, their offense didn't really get rolling until that game was in hand. They end up losing 11-9, to and I give them credit for fighting back. Don't get me wrong. Then they lose to Arkansas 18-1. to Then they come back. Offense still doesn't go going for the Cowboys, but they do get a two-run homer in the eighth to win a no-hitter over Cal Baptist. So – Cowboys had an interesting week. They set it two and two. Their series has been moved to a doubleheader tomorrow against Loyola and Marymount and a single game on Sunday. But Cowboys, an interesting week. Really interesting week. I mean, I was very excited to watch uh, the Arlington showdown that they were in where they played Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. I mean, that tournament always has great teams to start the year. Uh, the Missouri game was good. I mean, OSU was able to pull away at the end. What was interesting to me kind of at the start of the season for them they go into that Arkansas game and just get pounced, losing 18-1. And then the next game, after giving up 18 runs, they're able to throw a combined no-hitter with five pitchers. I mean, just crazy stuff, and that just shows you how crazy college baseball is. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, against a good Cal Baptist team, because I mean, we'll get more into them when we talk about Oklahoma, but that team's a team I believe went 36-20 and last year. Would have probably been a bubble team if not in the NCAA tournament last season, but of course they couldn't even go to postseason play due to the fact they were on that probationary period moving up to Division One baseball. So that's a good ball club, and it was pretty impressive what that pitching staff did. Nolan McClain does what he does, come in throwing gas and just look dominant in the closer's role for the Cowboys, even though I still have a feeling he's going to make his way to that rotation at some point in time this year for the Cowboys. I like what he's got. I know that's what he is drafted as last year, so I'm kind of waiting for that moment when – Rob Walton and Josh Holiday decide, hey, this is the moment where Nolan's going to get the start. You know, I'm kind of waiting to see that. No doubt. I mean, for any coach, I think it gives your team such an added boost if you're able to play these really good teams early on like OSU was able to play. I mean, getting to play three SEC schools, and we both know when we had Mike Rooney on our first episode, he told us, in his preseason rankings, he could have ranked every SEC team if he wanted to, but they left two out just because. But that just shows you how dominant the SEC is at baseball. So, I mean, OSU getting to play these three schools, um, even though they were trounced by uh, Arkansas, I think it's going to go far away for them. You know, maybe that's a wake-up call early in the, early in the season, and uh, I think it'll propel them on to have a really good season. We know they're a really good ball club. They're not a team that's going to lose a lot of games 18-1. to 1. Yeah, no, they're not, but I, I do think this weekend did bring up some concerns. Yes, you mentioned the no-hitter. That was great, and against a pretty decent-hitting Cal Baptist team. But 
I, I think the big concern for the Cowboys right now, and it's a little what's going on in Norman, but the opposite side of the field, that is finding consistent pitching. Just like they had a good outing on Friday, we knew what Watts Brown was going to be, or at least we assumed he lived up to the billing last Friday. You know, you look at Tuesday's outing, like you mentioned, five pitchers, no ha- no hitter. But those two games in between, it's like you've got you've got your Friday night guy that went out and performed really really well in the bullpen on Friday. Your five guys that performed really well on Wednesday, and in between, it was almost like they couldn't find answers at times. And, and that's when you give up eleven runs and eighteen runs. So I think for the Cowboys over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be about finding consistency out of A, the starting rotation, and B, the bullpen. Because other than that, I think the offense is going to be fine, even though you could say there's concerns there, which there, there might be a little. When you look at the fact one run followed up by two runs, you know, Cal Baptist was on their fourth pitcher. And I'm a guy here, Reeves, that says, I think Cal Baptist is pretty good and has a really good shot to be a regional team, you know, at the end of the season. But I don't know if they are a four starting pitching team that should have held down Oklahoma State to nothing, you know, to no runs through the first eight innings. And and that's where I'm like, right now for Oklahoma State, that offense has to come around more consistently. But really, when I look at it, it's the it's the pitching staff that you had the biggest question marks about for Oklahoma State right now. I mean, yeah, I I don't think either of us has uh, were either of us are worried about Walk Brown at all. He's going to be able to go out there and be the Primo starter for OC this year, Friday night starter. But I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Those Saturday and Sunday games, they really want to find someone they can count on in those games because you can't be giving up, you know, 10 plus runs like they did in those two games to Big 12 schools. I mean, they're going to run you. So, I mean, if they can find a little more consistent pitching, I really think it's going to help the offense come around. Yeah, I fully agree. And it's going to be interesting. I liked a lot of what I've seen out of the Cowboys this year, Erhoff. I, I think Rock Ruggio, Ruggio, again, he, you talked about our interview with Rooney on the first episode of the podcast. He loves that kid, and I, I think he's a stud. Scouts love him. I, You know, they've got the pop. They've got the guys. Nolan McClain, he had the bomb in Arlington. I think it went 430 feet. I mean, just ridiculous. The power Absolute shot. Got. Yeah, and, and to be honest, Nolan McClain strikes out a lot, at least he did last year. It really seems like – He's gotten better at seeing the ball and cutting down on the strikeouts. And if that happens, we all talk about him being drafted a pitcher. I think all of a sudden that puts his future a little better spot for him because maybe now teams draft him and go, you know what, if he doesn't work out one way, he'll work out the other. So if he can cut down those strikeouts, be a power hitting shortstop, second baseman, third baseman at the next level, you know, He's got a chance to get drafted as an offensive guy as well, pretty high. So, Reeves, it's going to be fun to follow along in the Cowboys this year. I mean, it's really interesting with him. I, I Like on that first episode, I asked Mike Rooney what his thoughts were on him getting drafted as a pitcher and all that. But, I mean, I, I think he could get drafted as a hitter, just like you're saying. I mean, yes, the strikeouts are a concern, and especially when you go up to the MLB level. You expect strikeouts to keep climbing because the pitching is only better, so on, so on. But, I mean, we both know this kid is a very talented hitter, and when he gets a hold of the ball, it's going a far way. So, no doubt. It's going to be really interesting to see how an MLB franchise covets him. I, I will say this, even though everyone throws 95-plus anymore, his speed is what's going to get him drafted as a pitcher. It's pretty impressive, and, and he's a kid I, I can't wait to watch. We'll get more into the Cowboys over the weeks, but let's go ahead. This is going to be a you know about a 20-minute podcast tonight. Who knows? We don't put a time limit on it because what's great, Reeves, 
we don't have to. We, we can make them as long as we want, but hey, we do what we want. Exactly, man. Hey, let's take a look at Oklahoma two and four, and it's it's been an odd year. But I sent out a tweet the other night. I mean, really, they're not far off what they did last year. I will say the one difference with last year, Reeves, they had a couple of good victories in the first weekend. UCLA and Auburn, I believe it was for the first. No, they didn't beat UCLA. I, anyway, I know they beat Auburn and another good team. In that first weekend, they were down in Auburn. Was it Michigan, maybe? It was Michigan, I think. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michigan and you, and Auburn, you know, they were down in that Arlington tournament last year. They started 2-1. and one. Then they go back and they lose to Northwestern State, lose a the game. They go 2-1. and one. But at one point, they were 5-5 five and five through their first 10 games. 16-11 and 11 after the second weekend of Big 12 play. And the reason I bring all this up, it's not to say, oh, the ship's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I don't know that. I don't think anyone knows that. I don't think the locker room knows that. And I don't mean like there's turmoil. I don't. So don't read into what I'm saying. But what I mean is baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. They are currently two and four after dropping the game today. And what I'm bringing up comparing to last year, a lot of the same problems that they had last year, it's rearing its ugly head right now. And that is stranding base runners. I mean, the last two games alone, I mean, in the in today's loss against Ryder, they stranded, did I tell you before we started, seven, no, nine runs, runners, wasn't it? In the last four innings, nine runners stranded. You can't do that. I don't care if you're playing a power five team that's really good or Ryder that's probably not going to be anywhere near a regional at the end of the year. You do that, Division One college baseball, you're going to lose. No, I mean, 100%. I mean, the leaving runners in the scoring position is the biggest thing to me, like you were saying. Um, in the Ryder game today, base was loaded to end it. You're down three. You need a clutch hit. I mean, it's just not working right now. And the funny thing is, in the Sooners' run in Omaha, I mean, that was not the problem at all. My goodness, they were scoring everyone. They were hitting and running. They were getting every base runner home, it seemed like. So last year, like you were saying, they started slow on the offense, but they were able to pick it up get to Omaha and the offense was really clicking but I mean not every season works like that Randy we both know this so you can't just expect that you just totally flip the script like they did last year because I mean well that was pretty improbable well it was improbable but I, I said it today on the franchise with Dylan Buckingham and Jerry Ramsey a lot of people think it was a short run that Oklahoma was on it, it really wasn't Reeves I mean Oklahoma got on the run basically they lost the Oklahoma State series and had a midweek game in Amarillo against Texas Tech. The offense came out of nowhere and just started bombing them. And so when I say it's it wasn't just a run, everyone focuses on the last three months or the last three weeks of the season. They were a lot more than that because from that point on, from that Lubbock series or from that game in Lubbock or in Amarillo against Texas Tech. They finished a half game out of first place in the Big 12. And if it wasn't for one loss on the last weekend of the season, Oklahoma is the Big 12 regular season champions. So, I mean, it wasn't a short run. And I get what you're saying, and I think you're right. You can't always count on a switch to be flipped. But that offense, those clutch hits you're talking about in the regional super re Big 12, let's say that, the Big 12 tournament, regional and super regional and World Series, those were happening for the month and a half before that too. That team found it. You know, they basically got things going. And your only your only saving grace right now, at least with thinking that can still happen with this team, some of those same guys you were talking about last year, 
Peyton Graham didn't start the world on fire last year to start the season. Tanner Treadway, after the Texas series, I think was hitting like 230. I mean, so there were guys last year that weren't hitting the ball that finally found it. And you're seeing some of these young guys right now in Jackson Nicholas, Spikerman, you know, even Kendall Pettis, who's a senior, you know, a lot of these guys almost pressing, like they're expecting those other stars to be there and them to be in those roles that they were last year. You know, almost pressing, though, knowing now, hey, we're the guys that have to set the table for the young guys. And, and, and you see them pressing at the plate right now. And I think that's something that I, I'm going to be interested to see tomorrow's lineup if it's the exact same. Because right now, they're two and four, six games in. We've seen two pinch hitters, Diego Munez and Sebastian Orduño. You know, I, I'm not saying you wreck the house, but it's time maybe to give some other guys a start here and there to start getting some at-bats. I mean, you got to get a spark somewhere for sure. This offense just has not gotten off the ground yet this year. And one of the concerning things to me, and like you were saying, this did happen last year where they were sluggish in the non-conference, but, I mean, being being sluggish in non-conference concerns me because you're only about to start playing better teams. So, I mean, you want to start – baseball is all about getting in a groove over a season. You know this. And you mm. got to get in that groove hitting. And – I mean, we're facing lesser opponents right now. Obviously, you were saying Cal Baptist is a pretty good team. Sure. But I'm just saying, when you get into the meat of the Big 12 schedule, man, you want to really be in your groove. You want to be hitting on all cylinders. And we just haven't seen it yet from OU. I really want to see them have a game where the offense wakes up and maybe it propels them into a series win, something like that. Well, no doubt. And I think that's – I got a feeling that's what they're waiting on too. You know – you saw what they did in the fall, and it wasn't just against their own pitchers. Even the Rangers scout team, they hit the ball. They were doing a lot of stuff. You know, so it's kind of interesting now to go, what what's happened? And that's why I'm saying, you watch this guys, the guys at the plate, the veterans especially, they seem to be pressing. And the guys that don't seem to be pressing as much, like Anthony McKenzie, the transfer, he had a great game again today. He comes in, Dakota Harris, and I know he struck out looking there in the ninth inning. But he's been clutched two of the games this week. You look at the Air Force game, the game-winning double. You look at the uh, Abilene Christian game. He got the clutch hit in the ninth inning to tie it up. You know, so I mean, and he homered in the first game as well. Exactly. So it's like the young guys that are not young guys, but new guys that are coming to, into the team. They aren't putting that pressure on themselves, and they're going out and just doing what they did at every level before. And it seems like now the young guys are kind of putting pressure on themselves, especially it seems like. Nicholas has been very close, I feel like, the last couple of games. You know, he's hit a lot of balls well, and he's just had some bad luck. Spikerman, just, he's struggling. And, you know, it's kind of one of those deals. You want him to breathe and relax. So that that's the one thing I'm waiting to see with him. Can he just get himself composed? And I kind of wonder if tomorrow might be a day you see someone else in the lineup. I know I've heard Tavion Bonds is, you know, a little behind, you know, trying to learn college baseball and everything like that. He's a guy I'd love to see you get some at-bats out there in the lineup, the young freshman kid. So, yeah, those are some things I think to watch here over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, with Spikerman, when he's going to be at the top of your lineup, you need him getting on base more than he is right now. I mean, he's batting 143 right now, only two walks on the year. He's the guy. I mean, he's got so much speed, too. If you can just get him on base, sometimes he can create a run by himself. So, 
Yeah. I think if the top of the lineup can start getting on base more consistently, it can really help this team start scoring more runs. No, I, I agree with you, and that's where I kind of look at it, and you talk about the type of the lineup, and that's why I'm wondering when they'll do this. Last year, Tanner Treadway batted at the top of the lineup a lot. I mentioned earlier he couldn't hit his way out of the paper bag for about the first month of the season, and they kind of yeah. moved him around to get him going. I'm kind of wondering where maybe even worse, you know, a situation where not that Kendall's lighting the world up on fire with the bat, but he's really started out some good quality at bats over the last, you know, two or three games as far as going deep in counts pitch-wise. He may not get on, or he may get walked a lot. I mean, he, he's been at least doing that. And so I'm kind of wondering when's going to be the moment where they just go, hey, let's take some pressure off Spikerman and let's move him to the, you know, Spikerman to the nine hole and Pettis to the one hole. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that move at all. I mean, Pettis has so much speed, too. He's at 250 this year, having a decent season. I mean, he's getting going. That's basically it. He's yeah, getting going. It's, I mean, you could say that for a lot of guys right now. It's just you see you see the potential, and we've seen them do great things in the past, but it's just like they're not there quite yet. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. Hey, Reeves, let's move to the pitching staff. I mean, I think the one thing I've been impressed by, and it sounds crazy to say a two and four team impressed it's just the fact if you remember when we started this podcast i told you the team felt like they were deeper and skip said this many a times with eddie and todd on the franchise they are deeper than they were last year out of the pin and as a staff as a whole they may not have the first and second round draft picks that they had last year but as far as overall depth they are deeper and to be honest with you i feel like you've seen that this year They've had numerous different guys come in and be effective. The most runs they've given up in a game so far is, what, six? And they've, Today, done, it, yeah. they've done it three times. But when you're dealing with a new staff, that that's not bad. And I know they haven't played Murderer's no. Row. But it's letting that pitching staff grow in confidence. You saw Colton Sundloff come in today in relief. First appearance he had had this year. Goes one, two, three. Colton Sundloff, a guy that pitched a lot out of the pen, Pitch for the first time in game six. I mean, just wild stuff. The Braden Carmichael, the Ethan Carmichael connection in the Abilene Christian game was pretty cool as well. Seeing the two brothers get to throw to each other. And then, I mean, guys like Gray Thomas, Aaron Calhoun. I mean, not having Aaron Calhoun struggled a little bit. But, I mean, I think you're right. There's a lot of depth on this team. You can tell that they trust a lot of different guys in the bullpen. And that's a good thing. And because, I mean, some guys are going to get hot throughout the season. You know, some guys are going to take a step back. But if you can get, you know, four to five relief guys that really have it and then, you know, your starting rotation is still looking good, I mean, all you're counting on is that offense to come around. I know you should have a pretty good team. No doubt. And, and I, I'm not going to back off what I've said. I said if every and I said this before the year, and I'll say it about both teams. I've said it before the year. I think if things come together, and this is where it comes together, Oklahoma has a chance to make a super regional type run. I don't know if they could get over that hump to the World Series because back to they have depth in that pitching staff. They don't have that big gun out of the line. You know, two guys that can go out there on a Saturday and Sunday or a Friday, Saturday, and a three-game super regional and win. You have Kel Davis that's looked really pretty good so far. He can go win a Friday night. I don't know if we've seen enough depth to go, hey, Oklahoma's two guy can go beat someone else's two guy, you know, or three guy can go beat their three guy if it goes that far. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm like, I think they could potentially make a super regional run. 
Oklahoma State, I'm not backing off what I've said. I think they've got the type of talent and everything to make a World Series run. They've got to have some things come together offense. I mean, it's early in the season, and that's what we've said, Reeves. It's all about putting yourself together at the right spot. So I get it, and Skip has said this forever as a head coach, and even Josh. These are important games, but you can't think, like, for the fans out there, said this time and time again, fans can't think like baseball is football or even basketball to that to that degree. Yes, it's important to get wins, and you want to win. Coaches always tell you it's always better to win to learn from wins than from losses. But these early season games, it's about fixing things. And I never hit a panic button on a baseball team until that conference series rolls around. And if after that first conference series, all these problems we're still talking about for both these teams, then you can start hitting a panic button because you're really getting to that spot where you're going, I don't know how things are going to work out for these teams. So that's, that's my gauge, conference series one. I would agree. I mean, I agree with your first point that OSU ceiling is probably a little bit higher than OU's. I I think on paper, OSU's team is all around a little bit better than OU, but mm-hmm. we're not going to – I mean, I'm not going to shoot the horn there because who knows when they play each other, you know, you might just dominate them. You never know throughout a conference schedule. But the thing for OU I'm looking forward to is to see how they perform in this Frisco College Baseball Classic. They get to play Cal, Mississippi State, and Ohio State which Mississippi State won the national championship two years ago. I don't think they're ranked currently. Yeah, they lost to BMI last weekend in a game. So, I mean, everyone's had bad games this year. Yeah. Almost everyone. You're going to see bad losses from teams, you know, throughout a college baseball season. That's just how it works. If you're not familiar with the sport, that's just how it works. You play so many games, you're going to have some off games. Yeah, no one goes undefeated in baseball. and, And I always throw this in there for softball. Oklahoma was nearly the rare exception last year. That does not happen in any in any of those two sports. It's just so hard. So, yeah, yeah. Reeves, it, it's going to be a fun season. I know we didn't have a guest this week due to technical problems, but, Reeves, before we wrap up Bullpen Brothers Episode 3, any final thoughts, man? Yeah, I wanted to ask you one question, actually. Yeah, what's up? Um, obviously, I mean, a lot of people are pointing to OU sluggish start this year. The obvious answer is, hey, they lost so much talent to them, will be draft, so-and-so. But – how much do you think of the sluggish start is credited to not a championship hangover per se, because they didn't win, but the expectation that comes with making the national championship coming that close. And obviously fans are expecting you to go right back. I mean, that's just what fans expect. So how much of that pressure do you think is accounting to this early season? I, I mean, uh, it may start? be, it may be some of it when I talk about some of the young guys having to step up and like, I'm not saying perform exactly like Tanner Treadway, Jimmy Crooks and them did, but I, I mean, it may have some reason why they have that pressure on their shoulders like they have, you know, where those guys seem to be pressing at the plate going, oh, man, Peyton was the go-to guy here. Ja- yeah. You know, maybe Jackson Nicholas looking at himself going, I've got to be Peyton Graham. No, you need yeah. to be Jackson Nicholas. Go back to doing what you did last year. You hit 11 bombs. You were pretty dang good for him. You know, same with Spikerman. Just relax and breathe. You were the Do exactly what you did last year when you got in that lineup. You were the spark plug that really set this team on fire last year. Just play within yourself. And I think the other thing, Skip Johnson's mentioned this many a times to his team. They are the hunted now. They're not the hunters. When they go face a rider, hey, we're playing the defending runner-up. Let's go beat them. Let's make a name for ourselves. Same with Cal Baptist. They all feel that way when they play Oklahoma. So, I mean, that's a big part of it. 
you know, and I do think that's putting pressure on themselves. So I, I think it's going to have to be getting within themselves and going, you know what? We're still Oklahoma, regardless if we're a runner up or not. Let's go do what we did last year to get to that point. That's a good point, Randy. Cause I mean, a lot of good teams that, you know, make a championship run a year before and then coming into the next season, it's hard for them to understand, especially when they were in the underdog role in the season when they made the championship, it's hard to them for them to understand that they have this target on their back per se. So like you're saying, any of these non-conference teams that are coming into Eldale Mitchell Park, they want to beat us. I mean, obviously they always want to beat us, but like you said, we're defending national champions. They want to take down the defending national champions. You mean runner champions. Ups, That's runner a target ups. on your back. That's right. a target on your back. So, I mean, once they, you know, understand that, and I'm sure they do understand that, but really starting to play as, you know, a cohesive team and figuring out that every team is going to give them their best shot, I think uh, you're going to start seeing some much better results. My final thought on this, when we talk about the offense, I thought two things, at least after today's game, you can't say the offense is good. They stranded runners, but things to make you feel like maybe this could start turning a corner soon. McKenzie, like we said, he's hitting the ball well. I like what Kendall Pettis has done lately as far as taking pitches, getting on base some. But the the little glimmer I hope you start having is Bryce Madron, who's a guy they're counting on a lot, had some good at-bats today. He got a couple of hits. You know, it, it's all about a young man that's hit the way he has his entire career. I'm sure for him it's just getting those first few hits to go, and you hope at that point he can start being the Bryce Madron we all heard about. I mean – it's got to be tough to coming in to a program that just made the national championship. You're a, a transfer player. You know, you're just trying to get your feet under you, trying to get your first few hits, just getting a groove. I mean, that's a tough situation for sure for any transfer. So I, I don't have any doubts about Madrin. Uh, I, he hit a home run, I believe, in the first or second game. Yeah. It was in the Cal Baptist series. I mean, he looks like a really good player. He's got a sweet swing, but, you know, he's just got to stay disciplined at the plate. You know, like I say, it's confidence, and that's why I liked about today. Hopefully, you can build on today. Hey, Reeves, we're going to do another one next week, and we'll, we'll get Bullpen Brothers up and running. Actually, a future guest we'll have on is Brian Shackelford, former Oklahoma outfielder, Cincinnati Red, and also former punter for the University of Oklahoma. We'll talk to him, and we'll also have some OSU players and Oklahoma players next week right here on Bullpen Brothers. <laughs>